hello, hello. It's a great day to be alive. My name is Claire and welcome back to the Be Alive podcast. I'm so excited that you guys are joining me today for the first ever kind of real episode of the Be Alive podcast. The last one I did was just kind of a trailer telling you guys about what the Be Alive movement is and how I thought of it, but today I thought I would share with you guys my mental health journey, some of the things that I've experienced, challenges that I've faced in my life, and how I got to where I am today. So before I start with this episode, I do want to give a trigger warning that in this episode I'm going to be talking about some sensitive topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation. I know that that can be triggering to some people, so I want to let you guys know that I will be talking about those things, not super in-depth, but I don't want anyone to be listening to something that may be detrimental to their mental or emotional health. So if you know that that's not going to be very good for you, please click out of this episode and there are going to be a lot of other episodes in the future for you to listen to and enjoy. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Before we start, I I feel like I should introduce myself a little bit more in depth for those of you that know me, don't know me, know of me, whatever. So my name is Claire. I'm 27 years old. I graduated college in 2016, and after that, I just, like, I kind of bopped around for a little while. I think for a long time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or couldn't find something that I was 100% passionate about. I got my degree to teach English, and I did that for two years, and then I nannied and worked at a church for two years, and then I applied to grad school. So right now, I'm in grad school for social work, and I feel like finally I've found something that's just a really perfect fit for me and aligns with everything that I want to do and accomplish. So I've been absolutely loving it. It's been really cool so far. I have um, a mom and a dad who are happily married. They're really cool. I have a twin brother and a younger brother and they're both awesome. I have a great group of friends, good support system. I love singing. What else do I like to do? Ooh, I've gotten really into art journaling lately. I love that. So that's kind of like a little bit about me. Sorry, that was a ramble, but just so you know kind of who I am and what I'm all about. So I guess to start off my story, we have to kind of go back a little bit to like summer before high school. So to give a bit of background, the high school that I attended was a very high performing, like well-known, pretty prestigious high school. And I say that not to be like annoying or I don't even know. There's, there's just like no good way to describe my high school without like saying those things, I guess. And it, you'll understand when I get into the story, but I also want to preface this by saying the experiences that I had were unique to me and I don't in any way mean to speak on behalf of other people that attended my high school. This was just my experience my perspective of it, how I felt going there. And I also want to say that, oh my God, I dropped my phone. (laughs) Sorry. I also would like to say that I in no way mean to sound ungrateful for the education that I received. I'm so thankful that I was able to go to the high school that I went to. Um, So I don't mean in any way for this to be a generalization of experience or, you know, not being grateful for it. That being said, my high school was, you know, whatever, this ritzy, nice high school. And the summer before, we had to take these placement tests because my high school does the level system. So we basically have everyone kind of like geared off into levels of academic achievement, if you want to say it. God, it sounds so annoying, like saying it out loud, but that's how it worked. So there were basically four levels that you could be in, level two, three, four, and then APs. And you took a test the summer before your freshman year to see what levels you were in. 
And so my brother and I both took the test and I remember getting the results back and our whole lives, we've been like very separate people. My brother and I are very different people. He has his own interests. I have my own interests. I'm very into like art and like theater and music and I don't know, like fine art stuff. And he's very like logical and like finance and that sort of thing. And he loved like radio and stuff in high school. So we've always just like had our own interests and done our own thing. And I will say like my parents did a great job of helping us be our own people. Like we were never in the same class in school or anything like that. So we were always like very separate. So anyway, we get our test results back and Chris tests into like all level fours and I'm kind of across the board. Um, I'm not a very good test taker and we can also get into that later. Um, but I was across the board. Like I said, I had some level twos, threes and fours and like talking about it now, obviously the classes that I take, not that big of a deal. It should also be noted that like, even if I tested into a certain level, like you and your parents could kind of go back to the school and say like, Hey, you know, my daughter tested in into this class, but maybe this class would be better for her, that sort of thing. So it really wasn't set in stone. But in that moment, that was kind of the first time I I can look back and pinpoint and be like, Oh my gosh, I was really starting to feel like not good enough. And I, and I think I started comparing myself to my twin a lot and thinking like, why am I not as smart as him? Why am I not as good at taking tests as him? Why can't I handle, you know, this class or that class, that sort of thing. So even going into freshman year, I kind of started to have these doubts about myself and doubts about my abilities and moving into freshman year. I don't really know how to describe it, but I, it was a very out of body experience for me. I think everyone has, you know, felt those kind of high school pangs of just like loneliness and longing and like where do I fit in and everything like that and for me I definitely felt those but what was more concerning was that I felt those things really deeply and I also started to have pretty severe like thought patterns and what I mean by that is for example if something really really little would happen like I would get maybe a C on a test or a D on an assignment or something like that it wouldn't be a situation or a scenario where I could look at the D and say, okay, like I, maybe I didn't study hard enough or, okay, I'll go ask my teacher for extra help, that kind of thing. It would be this constant cycle of this voice in my head telling me like, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. Like you'll never amount to anything. You're so horrible. Just like this barrage of like negativity coming at me all the time. And you know, it's uncomfortable for me to even say like those couple of sayings out loud now, but if you can imagine, like that's the kind of thoughts that I was having like hours upon hours of every single day. Like I genuinely believed that I was just like the worst possible human being. Like no one liked me. I didn't deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to be loved. I didn't deserve to be successful. Like all of just these like horrible things. And in my mind, that was just like my normal. And like I said, my high school was very, very much a pressure cooker and, you know, had this high standard that it set for its students. And to me, it felt like I should be able to handle all the things that were coming my way, right? Like, you know, even if I have all the schoolwork to do, and even if I have all these extracurriculars, and even if I am like feeling this horrible way about myself, you know, like everyone else seems to be handling it fine. So why can't I? And I think that mentality is kind of like, you know, that's what became really problematic to me because looking back at my freshman and junior years, like I really needed help. 
And for the life of me, I just like could not reach out for that lifeboat. Like I was terrified to admit what was going on, not only to myself, I think, but even to my friends, my family, teachers, anything. And so fast forwarding to junior year, this was the year that all of those thoughts and feelings and emotions became really heightened for a variety of reasons. I think one of them being the college search process and another being, I guess, generally speaking, like relationships. So in terms of the college process and schools and everything like that, you know, junior year is kind of when you're taking the ACT and you're preparing and you're planning and everything like that. And school for me at this point just seemed to get a lot harder. I should also mention that at this point in time, probably for my whole life, I have had undiagnosed ADD. So keep that in perspective with like, you know, the things that I'm going through and what I'm about to mention was that all this time, like no one knew that I had ADD and like my friends now will be like, how did people not know? Like, it's just like, I, it's so obvious that I have it. But so all this time in high school, like no one knew that I had ADD, all this stuff. And I am like struggling through school. Like I, I don't know how to explain it, but like I would get home and I would know all the the homework assignments that I would have to do. And it would be really hard for me to prioritize. Like I would look at my assignment notebook and be like, okay, I have, you know, this, that, and the other thing to do. And I could not for the life of me, like know where to start. And then when I finally did, because I have ADD assignments that should have taken me like an hour or something would take me way more. Like I remember this one time where we had an English assignment to do and it was, you know, reading something and like writing a paper on it or writing a reflection. And I remember like staying up for most of the night for like four and a half hours, like doing this assignment and not even fully completing it and coming into class the next day, like super tired and just like defeated and discouraged. And I sat down next to a girl in my class and I was like, oh my God, like, did you do this assignment? How long did it take you? She was like, oh, like, I don't know, maybe like 45 minutes. It was like pretty long. And I just like remember thinking like, what is wrong with me? Like what's going on? And that was kind of the theme of junior year. Like I just felt like everything was piling up. I couldn't manage anything. I was getting horrible grades in all of my classes. Like even the ones that I normally excelled at. And the frustrating part to me was that I think my teachers, and I don't fault them for this because teachers are amazing and they have such a hard job but I think they kind of credited it to like, she doesn't care or, you know, she's kind of a space case or whatever. At least that's how I felt because, you know, grade after grade after grade, my teachers would just be like, you know, you need to study more. Like, I don't know what's working, but like, you need to fix it. And like, not in a very caring manner. And that was really hard for me to just kind of grapple with. Cause I just felt like, why am I unable to be successful and why am I unable to do these assignments and get this work done and whatever coupled with the fact that those horrible thoughts that I was having were magnified by probably like a thousand um it got to the point where pretty much every day I just woke up and like hated myself and it's so hard for me to not necessarily to talk about but to look back on because it's just like such a I don't know. It's such a foreign feeling to me now. And I wish I could just like hug little like 17 year old me and just tell her that it's going to be okay. But, um, yeah, that junior year, I just like, I hated everything about myself and you know, it got to the point where 
I just like didn't want to be here and I didn't I, I just didn't know how to handle all of the feelings that were coming at me and um I don't really know how it started and trigger warning um what I said I was going to talk about in the video I'm about to talk about so if you know that's going to be triggering to you please click away but um I did start engaging in self-harm and for those of you that have never experienced a mental health issue or have never really understood self-harm or anything like that once again I'm not trying to speak for everyone that has engaged in self-harm in the past this is just my personal experience but the best way that I can describe it is like I just felt so much hatred and anger and sadness and loneliness and fury and rage and I did not know how to let that out I had no sort of like outlet or like coping skill that I knew of that would make me not feel those things because I was feeling those things 100% of the time, all of the days of the week, all the day, you know, every day out of the year, that kind of thing. And so I, I started engaging in self-harm and I think the mentality I had was, it, to me, it almost felt like a release, but also like a way to punish myself for, you know, being this horrible person that I thought that I was right? Like in my mind, I, you know, like I said before in, in this podcast a couple minutes ago, I just had this idea of myself that I just like didn't deserve to be here and, and didn't like matter or like no one cared about me. And, and that's really heavy. Like to think that, you know, in general is hard, but then to think that like every minute of every single day is just the most defeating, horrible, like disgusting feeling in the world and I would not wish that on anyone and so like I said I started engaging in self-harm and it got to the point where it was like every day I would come home like do my homework whatever and I would be up at all hours of the night just like in my downstairs bathroom alone like sobbing like crying self-harming just being like what am I like what am I doing like I just felt so alone and so lost and I think too, I, I really want to like illustrate that I think a lot of times when, when we're talking about mental illness and we're talking about people that have like depression, anxiety, or, you know, are feeling the way that I was feeling like that they wanted to not be here and they were having these suicidal thoughts or self-harm thoughts. I think some people have this idea that it is going to be like really obvious that, you know, they'll exhibit like the classic withdrawal symptoms or they'll exhibit, you know, like bad grades or like I don't even know, but just all these different things that can kind of give a clue to what's going on. And as a social work student, obviously we study that and, you know, those things are true that can happen. But what I will say is that if someone is really struggling and they're not at a point where they are ready to receive help, they're very good at hiding it. And, you know, I think for a while my parents felt really guilty that they didn't know this was going on. But it was one of those things where, like, it felt like such a private thing and it felt like such, you know, like this horrible monster that I had to kind of fight on my own that I did everything in my power to seem as normal as possible. Like, I would just, like, brush everything off and say everything was fine and kind of go about my day. And, you know, to the outside world, like, I don't think it seemed like anything was out of the ordinary but I was just like fighting and fighting and fighting these feelings of 
not wanting to be here, not wanting to be alive, like hating myself. And it was just so exhausting. Like that's the best way that I can think to describe it. And if you're listening and have a mental illness and you can relate, like I know you, you feel that pain. Like it's just draining. You feel like someone is like vacuuming out like yourself and it's so hard. And like, I don't, I'm not trying to like laugh about it or anything. Like I think it's just it's crazy to think about like where I am now and and where I was. And that's kind of why I was just like, Oh my God, like, you know, that feeling seems so foreign to me. And I'm so glad that I am not feeling it as, as badly anymore. But anyway, I'm like rambling. Hopefully you guys can keep up. But so I had, you know, all these thoughts and feelings and I really didn't tell anyone. And I think, you know, I, I kind of tackled it on my own as, as best I could. And finally, you know, I got diagnosed with ADD and that kind of helped. But honestly, until probably like last year or so, I really didn't like do anything to get help. And I don't, I don't know how to really describe this, but basically what I mean is that, you know, freshman year was really bad junior year was absolutely awful and after junior year like things were better I also got diagnosed with anxiety and and that helped and I started taking medicine both for ADD and anxiety um but I think it was a combination of like me not really knowing the right treatment for me and also still not having an idea of what it it means to live a quote-unquote normal life with mental illness. So what I mean by that is, although it was worlds better, like from junior year and freshman year, the way I was feeling, I think compared to what other people would consider like a good baseline to be at, I was not there. So even though it was an improvement for me, I don't think I was really where I should have been mentally and emotionally. So, you know, college was, was okay. And after college was okay. And then this past year, like, I don't really know what happened, but things just got like really weird. And I think I reverted back to this place of thinking about myself in that way again, and like seeing myself in a negative light again, and just feeling like very overwhelmed and and wanting to self-harm again and and I was going to therapy every week and trying to make those changes but I just like didn't see any improvement and I just like didn't know what was wrong and what was going on and I was talking with one of my best friends and I had this incident earlier in the year where I engaged in in self-harm pretty severely and you know, I ended up having to kind of like reevaluate a lot of things that were happening in my life and, and how I was feeling and how I was handling things. And after that event, you know, I was talking with my best friend and she was like, that just happened to you. And you kind of just like moved on from it in a way, like you were just like, okay, that was par for the course, like moved on. She was like, if that happened to me, like, I can't imagine what my parents would be doing right now or what, like what they would be making me do. And at first I was like, oh my God, like, you know, it's, I'm handling it and I'm going to therapy and I'm like talking with my psychiatrist. And then I took a step back and I was like, you know, maybe she's right. Like, I think it took someone seeing it from an outside perspective to make me realize that like, I don't have to be experiencing those things. 
And I, I don't want to phrase that in a way that makes it seem like mental health or mental illness is like a choice. And that like these symptoms are a choice because they're 1000% absolutely not. But I think my point is that conversation with a friend made me think like, does this have to always be the way it is? Or what can I be doing more of? Um, because I think with mental health, it's such a balancing act and such like a, you know, a a puzzle game of like trying to find the right pieces that make you happy and make you successful and able to go about your life in a, in a healthy way, in a healthy state, in a healthy mental place an emotional place. And I just wasn't there. And what was this like two weeks ago or something? I met with my psychiatrist and my therapist and, you know, we started trying new medic medications and that helps a lot. And I've been going to therapy like more frequently, which has helped a lot. And I feel like so, so, so much better. Um, even just like switching the medications and I don't know, like, I think that for me was like such a learning lesson of, you know, you get so used to something and you think that you're stuck. Like for my whole life, since I was 16, right? I've been having these horrible thoughts and horrible views about myself and thinking these negative things and feeling these negative things. And I just felt so defeated. And I didn't really know that there are ways that I can feel better. And that's not to say that my mental illness is like completely cured because obviously it never will be. It's something I'm always going to have to like live with and, and figure out how to manage But for me, it was really eye-opening to realize, like, okay, like, I can switch around my medicine. Or, okay, I can, like, switch around the type of exercises we're doing in therapy. Or, okay, I can, you know, maybe not do this that's detrimental for my mental health. Besides the Be Alive stuff that I'm doing right now, like, I am not on social media. And that has been the best, like, greatest blessing ever. Um, I'm just feeling a lot lighter. And I don't say that in any way to shame anyone for being on social media like I think everyone knows what they can handle and what's best for them but for me personally that's been a really great like healing tool and I don't know just recently I think I've felt a lot more in control of my mental health and managing my mental illnesses and it's just been like amazing because I don't know like I said I think you just get so used to feeling a certain type of way that when you don't, it's like, oh my God, like this is what life can be. Like the best way, the best analogy I can think of is like, if you say you need glasses and your whole life, you just think like, oh, okay. Like everything's blurry, whatever. And then one day you finally get glasses and you're like, this is what like trees look like. And the sky looks like and whatever. And you like, feel like you can finally see. And that's how it felt for me after talking with my friend and after like meeting with my psychiatrist and, you know, doing all these, making all these changes, Um, so that my mental health could be better. I kind of took a step back and was like, oh my God, like I can like enjoy life and I can not feel like sad all the time and everything like that. And it was just like the most amazing feeling. And so that, I don't know, that kind of made me want to start the Be Alive movement and, and everything like that. I don't know. I feel like I'm like rambling in circles right now. There were so many things that I wanted to say and I, I just hope that I express them and the best way but I don't know I've just like I've been through a lot and I've been through some really challenging times that have made me not want to be here and and question my self-worth and motivation and 
I think I'm finally at a point where I'm ready to just like take back my life and that's what this whole thing like is all about I want to challenge myself this year to like really live in the moment and do fun new experiences and and just challenge myself like I think the past two years have been so stagnant and so sad and like dark and depressing and lonely and I just want to like help myself get out of bed like that's part of the reason I'm doing this is because it's motivation for me to you know do something fun record a podcast hang out with my friends whatever but also I want to encourage others because I think as I keep repeating (laughs) like when you struggle for so long and you experience something and a feeling for so long sometimes you think like this is just how it is or this is how it has to be and whether it's finding a new therapist or finding a new medication or trying a new exercise or like whatever you know it change isn't going to come overnight but like it can get better and I just want every listener out there to know that there are people out there that love you so much and you're such a unique and wonderful and inspiring and amazing person and you matter and you have amazing incredible value and worth in this world and you need to fight and and find a way to want to be alive and stay alive and and recognize the beauty in every day and I hope that's what this movement can do for you and I hope it's what it can do for me too we're kind of all along on this ride together so I feel like I left a lot out so maybe I'll go more in depth in another episode but I'm still feeling this whole podcast thing out and kind of trying my best to be succinct and concise and whatever so if you guys want more of an in-depth story I can certainly do that hopefully I kind of covered a little bit more about me and my story and why this matters to me so much but thank you for being here I'm so appreciative of you guys listening Um, we also have a website and like brand merchandise and YouTube channel Instagram all those fun things coming soon so be on the lookout for that. I don't really know (laughs) what else to say. I'm so bad at this. Okay. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so appreciative of all of you. You're amazing. You're so loved. You're so worthy. You're so valued and worth it. And just, you're great. Okay. Have a great day. And remember, it's a great day to be alive.